I'm Danielle Houston. I'm with Propel Insurance. It's Monday, April 6th, and this is the Monday meetup. And for sure, you know, I'm, I'm in benefits, and that's the area and space that I live in. This whole conversation around small business loans and loan forgiveness is well outside of my area of expertise, but Propel has partnership and relationship with folks. Gordon Thomas Honeywell is one of those firms that we do a lot of uh, partnership and work with. We trust them and they have an expert who can help you. So really the bulk of this meeting today is for Shelly to speak and I might ask some questions. I will certainly be watching for your questions too. I encourage you to use that chat feature. So as things come up, I can kind of cue those up for Shelly as well. So um, Shelly Alexander, she is a partner in the Tacoma office of Gordon Thomas Honeywell. She focuses on employment law and litigation, as well as business advising and commercial litigation. Um, I'll give you a really quick highlight reel of the last week. It's one of the things I've promised to do every week. And I'm actually going to make the highlight reel pretty short as well. I will tell you that nearly every day the Department of Labor has had some kind of clarification, um, lots of Q&A that's been added to the FFCRA Q&A. It's a really important place to refer back to to see what you may or may not need to do if you're looking and approving leaves or sick leave and what that all means. So a daily issue of guidance there. Um, April 1st was the live date for the emergency leave and sick pay components that most of you are also dealing with. So be sure your posters are up or that you've sent out emails or mailed things home, whatever would really be required for the workforce that you have. And our meetup last week dug into those things. Those are available online for you to look at. Um, probably the easiest place to go through is the daniellehouston.com forward slash COVID. Just created sort of the repository of all of this meeting content there for you to be able to download and listen to. So with that, Shelly, there's lots in, uh, in the CARES Act that is specific for employers to be um, mindful of and to know how to navigate in some areas that none of us have done this before. So I, I kick it off to you. Okay, so I'm going to be focusing on a couple different um, types of uh, lending resources available to um, small businesses, businesses under 500 employees. Um, and Danielle mentioned I am a partner with the law firm Gordon Thomas Honeywell. Um, most of what I'm going to be talking through today is just general information. I'm happy to answer questions but this is not um, specific legal advice to any particular business. So um, there is lots to follow up on if you all have specific legal questions, but this is kind of just meant to be sort of an overview and then hopefully directing you to some resources um, that, that might be available to answer specific questions. And if someone does have specific legal advice, that is something that you or other colleagues at your firm can assist with, right? Yep, absolutely. It's just, um, you know, every business is different. So 
Um, this is kind of just the, the 500 foot view of it. And um, if you have specific questions, we can, we can dig deeper into that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Perfect. So there are um, two different programs that are kind of making headlines right now. And they're a little bit different, but I want to buzz through them um, in turn. So um, resources for small businesses. The first is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. And that's not a new thing. That's been around for quite some time. But there have been some changes to kind of address the needs of businesses um, in the age of COVID. The other one that Daniel mentioned is the CARES Act and specifically the Paycheck Protection Program within the CARES Act. So um, I'm going to first just really quickly talk about the Economic Injury Disaster Loans, the EIDL, uh, because there is an update to the EIDL program um, that's providing up to $10,000 of a grant to small businesses. Um, both the EIDL and the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, are available to employers under 500 employees, um, including nonprofits, sole proprietors, and independent contractors. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, those, are, those are the eligible businesses. Um, for the EIDL, you can apply. It looks a lot more like a traditional small business loan, with the exception of this $10,000 grant that's meant to be an immediate payment. So um, I'll get into a little bit more of the lending snafus as we talk about the PPP. But at least for the EIDL, um, supposedly the $10,000 grant can be um, dispersed within three days of an application for, for an EIDL. Now that's something that you can do online through the SBA website, I believe, um, and that doesn't necessarily need to involve your lender, whether it's an SBA lender or your traditional lender. Um, that's been attractive to some folks because of some of the backlog of processing applications under the PPP. Um, the EIDLs can be used, the $10,000 grant can be used for really similar purposes, so payroll, um, paying rent, providing sick leave benefits to employees if you're offering that um, because of COVID-related concerns. Um, the $10,000 should be paid within three days of the application, and the remaining funds that you would apply for or qualify for under an EIDL are like a traditional loan. So there is a repayment obligation for anything above that $10,000 grant. Um, the interest rate currently for that, the true loan portion of that is 3.75% or 2.75 for nonprofits. And there's a 10-year repayment term for the non-grant portion of that. Um, and collateral is required for loan proceeds above $25,000, as well as a personal guarantee is required for loan proceeds above $200,000. So it's a little less attractive than the PPP uh, up and above and over that $10,000 grant because it is just more like a, tr a traditional small business loan. Um, but again, one of the things that makes it attractive is that folks are able to apply for this directly um, online. You can sign up for it, check the box that says, yes, I want the $10,000 advance. And that money actually may come through 
a lot more quickly than the PPP loans would. Um, one thing to keep in mind about the idle and the PPP is that you can't really double dip. So you can, you may be able to qualify for both and that's fine because they have different loan amounts. But if you take the idle with the $10,000 upfront grant, that $10,000 is going to come off of what's forgiven under the PPP if you separately apply and, are, and receive the PPP loan. So just something to think about there. Um, it, they are, can be used for very similar purposes. Um, and it, again, it's just kind of the timing that the immediacy of the idol has made that a little bit more attractive for some folks. Okay. Now you made mention that these loans are supposed to be dispersed within three days. Um, you seem a little skeptical. So what do you think might be a little bit more reasonable or what are you hearing? You know, I haven't heard anything particularly about the idle grants, um, but I have talked with people who have applied for them more than three days ago. And as far as I know, they don't have the funds yet. So I think it is just um, a, a big need and an existing infrastructure that isn't quite quite meeting that big new need for for businesses, unfortunately. Lots of volume um, in a really short amount of time, basically. Yes, absolutely. Um, but the good thing about the idle is that you are not relying on a lender to process the application. You are able to apply for it online. So I know that's been, and I'll get get into this when we talk about the PPP a little bit more, but that's been a frustration with a lot of businesses over the past, you know, since Friday to now, I guess it's only been a few days, um, but just that onslaught of uh, applications to lenders, lenders saying they just aren't in a position to process them. Um, so the idle could be something to think about in, in addition to the PPP loan. So then getting into the PPP uh, loan under the CARES Act, um, I want to talk first about the, the loan details in the program and then talk a little bit about the forgiveness element because that's what makes this a really attractive option for a lot of businesses. Um, and Danielle, I think if you have questions and, and or folks are putting them up on chat, feel free to interrupt me and I'll just pause and, and take those questions. Okay, well that might be a good pause because uh, there is a question here. Heard that the idle funding had a 30 year repayment period and no pay for 12 months. Is that true? I, the, the guidance that I'm seeing is a 10-year repayment, and I don't know about the deferral term. So that could be, the, the deferral could be what that uh, individual is saying. I, I just don't know that off the top of my head. Okay. All right. I think that's it so far. Okay. So into the PPP. Um, the amount of, well, so here are the things that make this program an attractive option. There is no collateral required. There is no personal guarantee. Um, and all of the 100% of the loan proceeds are forgivable if they are used for an allowable use um, within the eight weeks after the loan origination. Um, any SBA lender can process these as well as non-SBA lenders. So you're not limited to the folks who usually process your SBA loans 
traditional lenders can do that, although as I've kind of been alluding to, um, a lot of lenders are pushing back or saying that they're not able to process um, for non-current non clients, I guess. So if you're trying to establish a new relationship with a lender just for this loan, you may not have a whole lot of luck with that. It's just the, the volume of applications, I think, are really catching lenders a little bit off. Um, there was just an updated application form and some uh, proposed regulations that came out um, Thursday of last week, and the loans uh, started, lenders started being able to process these loans on Friday. So really not a lot of lead time on a lot of the rules and even the forms that lenders are using, um, just because of the emergent nature of the situation. But that's been a challenge for a lot of SBA and non-SBA lenders. Um, repayment terms for any non-forgiven portion of the PPP, that was something that came out in the regulations that were issued last Thursday. Um, the Act says that they can be up to, I believe, up to 10 years, and Treasury issued regulations saying that the amounts would need to be repaid within two years of loan origination. Um, the payments on uh, non-forgiven loan pros proceeds or the interest rates that will be charged. Um, the payments are deferred for six months under the Treasury regulations. Um, the Act had a longer uh, time period for that and Treasury cut that back to six months. So no payments for six months and it's gonna have a two-year uh, maturation date. So all, all loan proceeds are um, due within two years. In terms of calculating your loan amount, the general um, rule is that it's two and a half times your average monthly payroll, payroll costs, and payroll costs are defined to include a couple different things um, that, that are on top of what we would normally think of just the salaries, um, wages for people. So it's gonna include salaries, um, TIPS, if you have any tipped employees, you can include that in the, the average calculation, as well as any retirement benefits or any employer paid premiums for group health policies um, and state and local taxes. One of the pieces of kind of misinformation that's been floating around out there, even with lenders, is that payroll um, costs do not include your FICA federal payroll taxes. So you have to cut those out before you can average out what your two and a half months of payroll um, are. It also does not include any amounts paid in compensation above $100,000 on an annualized basis to any employee. So if you have an, an employee who's making 120 in compensation a year, you can, can include up to 100,000 but you're not gonna be able to include that additional 20,000 when you're averaging out your payroll. So that can be sort of a challenge for a number of businesses, employers who have folks kind of on a wide spectrum of earning. Um, you may have, have to do sort of a case by case to figure out, okay, how, how much are we needing to chop off of that particular payroll category to get our monthly um, average payroll. 
But once you do that, you're able to get uh, 2.5 times the amount of monthly payroll. Okay. So question on that, because I've heard in a couple of different pockets of people that there's some concern that these dollars that have been earmarked for small business loans could potentially be snapped up by, you know, companies that maybe they are smaller companies that would potentially try to take the full $10,000 loan that may not have a true $10,000, you know, monthly liability or expenses for their business. It sounds like the way that you're talking about the qualification here, companies are going to have to validate that they have expenses. They have to be able to validate that their business has X cost and therefore the loan is going toward that. It's not just anybody can flock there and get money. Is that accurate? That is accurate. So the loan amount, the amount that you're even eligible to pull under the Paycheck Protection Program has to, it starts from your average monthly payroll. And so that's going to be the starting point for the calculation to even figure out how much do I qualify for. Um, Now, you know, employers that have a large, it's up to 500. So there's going to be some cap on, you know, how the the size of business that are eligible. Um, But there is a risk, I think, that some of the larger small businesses will pull more money if they have payrolls on a monthly basis that are much more than true small, small businesses. Um, That is the starting point to even figure out how much money can be lent under the Paycheck Protection Program. Okay. Can you repeat the taxes that cannot be included? You do not include your um, federal payroll taxes, FICA, So those are Social Security and Medicare taxes. Those do not um, get averaged into your monthly average payroll. There are are a couple others, uh, railroad railroad retirement benefits and and another, but FICA is the big one that um, I think most employers need to keep in mind. Okay. And then another question, can you or do you include bonuses and commission in that calculation? You do. And you actually can even include um, if you've made any severance payments over the um, look back period and it's the 12 months prior to loan application. So it's a true 12 month look back. Um, If you've, if you've paid employee severance during that period, you count that. Um, Pretty much all uh, wages, income, commissions, things like that get included. Okay, looks like those are the questions we have in so far. So okay, back to you. Um, So that really is the, the loan amount piece of it how you get to even, you know, how much money are you requesting under this PPP? It's 2.5 times your monthly average payroll. Um, Then I think this will move into the loan forgiveness piece of it. If there are no more questions on the, the, the loan amount or, or the application process. Okay. Uh, Well, let's see. Are there any, um, 
Okay, so I guess a, a clarification. Uh, are the FUDA or SUDA taxes to be included? I do not know. So if those are federal, they are excluded. If they are state or local, they are included. And I'm just not familiar with those acronyms. So if, if you want to list them out for me, I could take a guess that um, state or local can be included. The federal um, taxes generally are not. Okay. That's probably a good delineate, at least good delineation, but maybe, um, maybe this person can clarify. And the next question is about forgiveness of loans. So maybe we take that in into the next section, unless I see any other questions pop up here in chat. And I don't see any.